0: Welcome to season two of Pasco Podcast, a series where we discuss leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the 550,000 plus residents of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. We created this podcast to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Dan Biles, and welcome to our 11th episode of Pasco Podcast. Now, today you'll notice things look a little different. We hope you enjoy our newly redesigned set. We really appreciate the work that Aaron's done uh, to put this all together. And now, joining us today is Plane Development Director Nectarius Pitos. Terry. Morning, Dan. Morning. And Principal Planner Alexandra Laporte.
1: Good morning. Morning.
0: <laughs> and welcome to the show. Now, i uh, kind of going to just start, kind of give, um, ask if you give uh, just a short background of kind of, you know, little experience and then how you got to Pasco.
2: Sure. So um, I've been a planner, an urban planner now for about, what, 17, 18 years, so I've been doing that for a while. I started my career up in the Chicago region, actually started working for the city of Chicago right out of college and did that for a couple of years. And then I transitioned to uh, southwest suburbs of Chicago, so Village of Woodland Park, for those who are from that area, they'll know that. and there I did a lot of development review work and um, did that for about 10 or 11 years or so as part of my uh, growth curve. And I thought, you know, um, I need a change in the way I'm doing things. I'd like to have some kind of different experience in the planning world. And I wanted to do a little bit more long range planning um, of sorts. And I, I saw some opportunities uh, open up across the country. Um, but ultimately Florida, uh, was a, uh, a nice place to come and, and live. And, uh, Pasco happened to be one of the, uh, organizations that had a position open and I, I, applied for it among others in this region, in the Tampa Bay region. And I, uh, I joined Pasco because it was the job that I was looking for. It was a long range planning manager at the time. Um, there was a, uh, at the at the beginning of a, they were at the beginning of a, a culture change and they were explaining that to me in the, in the interview process and that really resonated with me. It it was similar to what I had experienced in my previous uh, jobs and career and um, I really I was really attracted to that and I came on board uh, and then shortly after that um, my journey with Pasco was a was a fairly quick one. Um, I was planning manager in long range division for a couple of months. And then I was tapped to become assistant director and then director. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, thanks. And I bet the winners here are a little nicer than the winners in the Chicagoland area. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And Alexandra?
1: Let's see. Um, I guess I'm about the same trajectory as Terry in terms of time um, in the profession, but I took a little break um, to establish a family. And so Pasco was... um, I interviewed with Terry, and Pasco was my first re-entry into the professional world. Um, I am an architect by training, so I went to school for architecture and decided to focus on urban design, and that's primarily where my professional experience had been until Pasco County. Um, worked with the um, Housing Authority of the City of Pittsburgh because my work as an urban designer, we worked a lot with... Um, housing authorities and Hope Six projects. And I thought that would be a really great transition to be part of the project from start to finish and not just to come in as a consultant and leave. So, um, and then that was my, my entry into government um, and worked with as a consultant for nonprofits in the Pittsburgh area. So a little bit of everything, but I love being here.
0: Planner by trade, an architect by trade and an engineer by trade. And we're going to talk about leadership today. <laughs> how about that? We're not going to design anything. And
1: solving problems.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, kind of as we get into it, um, you know, Terry, y'all both kind of came on after. I, you've been here not as long as I have. So you're kind of more new to the county, new to new to the organization. So tell us a little bit about your leadership philosophy and how you work with others and how do you lead
2: people in, in your group? Sure. Yeah, I think I came a little bit after you. Yeah. Um, My leadership philosophy, I think, is influenced a lot by a couple of my own personal core values um, that I think nest well with the organization's uh, core values. Um, Primarily, um, when I'm out and about and and leading the team, my approach to team members is um, being kind to them, understanding what their situation is, explaining to them, taking the time to explain, so patience is is another type of uh, value that influences how I go about my leadership, um, being kind, taking care of them in whatever way that I can, uh, dedicating myself to uh, making sure that they've got the resources necessary to complete their mission, basically. Um, the uh, Another core value that I think uh, influences me quite a bit is my desire to uh, forgive people. You know, people make a lot of mistakes everyone's imperfect. Um, no job is easy, especially in the planning and development department. And, um, I think, you know, people tend to be afraid to make mistakes, but it's through mistakes that you can learn. And while forgiveness, um, sounds a little, uh, weak, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not holding people accountable to their actions or uh, encouraging responsibility, it simply—I think—it gives people the opportunity to to do things, to learn, and then to grow. And then the accountability part is to make sure that you don't do it again. Right. Right. So, I think uh, forgiveness is key there because um, people can then experiment freely, and you're you're offering people an environment where they can innovate without fear. Right.
0: Yeah. All right. Cool. Thank you
1: leadership style or yeah, philosophy philosophy right. um I think primarily my philosophy comes from design and being in in, in the architecture program right. because you can like Terry was saying you can you have to try you have to try various concepts and see which one sticks and tweak those and keep tweaking um, so I kind of just take that on as a daily reminder of you know when you're challenged with um, a an issue or a problem to tackle that you need to have solutions that you aren't afraid of, you know, putting out there and tweaking. Um, so I don't know. I enjoy that as a design philosophy of leadership essentially.
0: Right. So. right. Well, I think mean, that gets that while you talk about design philosophy and, and, you know, putting some ideas out there and then taking feedback from that, mm-hmm. you know, when, from a leadership perspective, you know, Brene Bray, Brown talks a lot about that with vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. You, 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 you <clears throat> excuse me, now I'm going to need a drink of water. You know, you kind of <laughs> hang, you, you put your feelings out there, you trust your people, and you become vulnerable, which is the same thing from a design perspective. You put a design out there on paper and then you start taking feedback and criticism on the design and make changes, right? So, so, and
1: build collaboration. And build collaboration, right, yeah. right? Right. Which, which,
0: is- which is creative. So, w- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bounce around, <laughs> right? So, um, when and how did you realize you kind of wanted to lead others? Because you're leading a team right now in long-range planning, right? So, when did you kind of just dis- decide that?
1: I don't know or- if I decided, but I've always been one that um, thought of being an advocate first and foremost, and wanting to make a, a difference. So, whether it was for my own interest or someone else who. Maybe didn't have a stronger or a strong enough voice to be their advocate, so um I think that was really um what drew me to i guess more of a leadership role right as being someone's advocate and trying to improve okay all right
2: Terry' it's a a little bit of the same for me um I think what drew me to become a leader it was um I would say it was an earlier time in my life that I wanted to become a leader, um, mainly because I wanted to help people. I realized that if I was going to uh, take a back seat and just do the bare minimum and and follow others, that you know you first you wouldn't be able to influence how the outcomes might be. Um, but secondly, and in a design profession, right? It's like, why would you become a designer if you're not right. going to try to influence things? So, <laughs> right. um, uh, so. Yeah, if I didn't wanna sit in the back seat, I would have to take a more front seat approach. Um, and I think one of the things that, that really uh, resonated with me was seeing people uh, struggle through the design challenges and the ability to make an offering of an idea to somebody and to suggest to them that, well, maybe if we do this a little differently, or maybe if we do this, maybe your idea isn't, the idea that you offer isn't, you know, the one that everyone's gonna use but it can certainly spark a discussion that may lead to another type of solution or another idea that ultimately gets you to a solution, to have that conversation. um, That's a leadership uh, activity, as I see it, even though I'm not telling people, go left, go right, do whatever. I, I you're offering ideas and when you offer ideas you're taking a risk at that point point. and you know we were talking about you know taking the risk the leader is usually the first one out they're taking the most risk so th- to have the courage to make that offering of an idea at the table of design um, is a leadership quality and that was for me my introduction into leadership and then once I started seeing that okay I can learn from others others can learn from me there's a mutual benefit here it starts to sort of compound and right. snowball,
0: right? Right, You know, and it's interesting. We're you know we're talking about design and ideas and leadership and how, but whether you're working on a project, a physical project, whether it's design of a building or a design of a community, or you're trying to solve a you know a human services solution, it's still the same approach, right? You know, you bring in ideas and you know, so it's you know the, the leadership philosophies are are uh, transferable. To the problems, you know, they don't have to stick with what we're we're talking technical. Right. But yeah. They don't necessarily have to stick with that, right? Correct, right. So, yeah. so in terms of leadership, who's kind of been the biggest
2: influence in your life from a leadership perspective
0: and taught you the most?
2: Um, th- that's a good question, and i've I've pondered that a few times, and it's kind of hard to pinpoint. I think a lot of people will talk about you know family um, being the people that you're around the most mm-hmm. and the People who are going to influence you. So certainly, my father and my grandfathers played a big role. Um, I think my wife <laughs> plays a, a big role in that. Um, I, I can't quite put my finger on a particular individual, but you know, I think one of one thing that has stuck out to me over time as I've worked in the in this profession and then also have um, embarked on my leadership journey here is the. Uh, a very simple, I, th- I call it a commandment of sorts for me. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people probably have heard it from time to time. Um, it's, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself. So you you look at your, 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 quote unquote, your subordinates or your colleagues or your superiors, and you see them as other individuals who are working through their life just like you are. Uh, and you have to approach your work. Uh, understanding that everybody lives one one in the same life. You're not, you know, someone different at home and someone different at work and someone different anywhere else or whatever. You all live one life. And so when you start to identify and understand that here's an individual in front of you, so take care of that person, help them, understand what they're going through, how can you help, whether that's, you know, answering the email because they asked you to respond to a very simple question or that's you know checking up on somebody because they're sick at home and saying hey how are you how how are you feeling right. that sort of thing um that's i think what's influenced me and what's driven me to um you know down this this uh this road or this path of a, being a leader right okay
1: i'm going to stick with my design um, okay. i think my bigger my <laughs> biggest influence professionally anyway both you know um my professors at At the university, but also my first um, uh, job out of college, where really that um, the art of listening and empowering community members that are not usually empowered or heard. So, in this case, you know, still with um, public housing residents, where we went into their community and it was about drawing out like we were just tools for them and facilitators for them to, um, articulate, you know, what kind of neighborhood they wanted to see for themselves and their family and future generations. So, um, that was a big influence on me on how I would approach design, um, and what it means to be a, you know, urban planner, urban designer. It's not about the self, but it's really about empowering these communities to have access to, you know, anything that they, they need and, um, should have. So, yeah, that And, a and that's
0: the community that's usually not asked their opinion, right? Right. right. You know, so that you probably had s- some struggles drawing that out to a certain mm-hmm. extent, because yeah. they're, they're usually not asked that they're opinion. They're not.
1: And they're, they're skeptical. So they're like, right. why are you asking? You know, it's not really, you're not really wanting to know. It's just a right. you know, kind of a charade of sorts. Right. But, um, once you spend some time with them and, um, they really, it's, it's amazing. It's great. They have amazing ideas. And right. if you just ask them,
0: right. You know, and the, the same thing can be applied to employee groups, right? Or parts of our team, you know, you know, a leader comes in and sh- starts asking an opinion. Well, the, some of the, the natural actions, well, you really don't want to know. You're just asking. Right. But you get involved and you, you know, spend time with them. Then you start to get those ideas and those things open up to you. So,
2: no, that's and, really good. And if I can add, uh, I think one of the aspects, especially in employee groups and whatnot, um, being able to deliver you know hearing and listening and then delivering it, it might take a little bit of time but once you start delivering on the things that you've talked about i think um, people then become even more willing to contribute their ideas and their and their thoughts whether it's in the in the community setting or it's in the uh, in the office
0: right well i to go back to your point on you know you know The reference uh, right out of the gospel right love your neighbor as yourself and yes i knew where that came from (laughs) yeah Yeah. um you know we all bring our whole person to work and we all are the same people we all have issues at home or in other areas of our life and they impact the way we perform. And so we have to take that mind as leaders and understand that. And as you said, reach out to them and make sure things are going okay because sometimes work performance can be driven, not by what's happening in work, but driven by outside influences. And we got to be mindful of that. And you don't want to lose a great employee over a fact that they're going through a tough period. Right. Right. right? Yeah. So no, that's really, really, really good, good stuff. So, so how about, um, is you've kind of looked back on your career, um, any lessons about leadership you'd like to share successes, challenges,
2: you know, hmm. lessons on leadership, successes and challenge. I think, I think the biggest challenge to a leader when they, when they first enter the role. So let me take a step back, especially in the planning and development department and in any planning profession, really, if you're going to be a planner, you're going to be a leader. Um, Leadership is not choosing you, you're choosing to become a leader when you become a, a planner, in my opinion. Because you have to lead in community settings, you have to lead your customer, you have to lead your teams to understand what the design is, explain it, et cetera. And, and, and bring people together in a, in a collaborative way, hopefully to a consensus, but if not to a uh, compromise, um, and and carry your, your project forward. But I think, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges, once you embark on that, you decide I'm gonna become a leader. The biggest challenge is not to uh, think that you know it all. I'm, I'm the leader, or I'm the professional planner, I'm here from the government, I'm here to help you kind of a thing. <laughs> um, you walk into the room and you don't want to suggest that you know everything, because the truth of the matter is that you don't. Even me sitting here today as the planning and development director, um, you know, Secret, but I don't know everything. Right, I, it's impossible for me to know 500 different projects that are happening right now in the department. 300 of them are in current planning. Uh, another slew of independent projects, and another slew of so many 50 or something projects in long-range planning. All of which have different timelines, different characteristics, different challenges. It's not possible to know everything. So if you if you walk into the room and you and you suggest to people that I know all the answers here, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, you're going to be faced with a severe challenge as a leader because people are going to turn off. Right. Um, um, so that's a big challenge there, uh, and I I can't say that I walked into that challenge um, lately, but I, I have walked into that challenge in the past when I was just a young planner one uh, trying to think of ways to contribute in a meeting and just being shut down constantly right um, and this is uh, an encouragement for all those uh young planners that are out <laughs> there professionally at I least mean, keep keep trying um but uh, understand that you know it it takes a little bit of time to develop that influence and then that influence once you start you're able to deliver on that and what your what your ideas are um you uh you demonstrate more and more courage to go about doing that Um, And I think that's the biggest success is when you are offering ideas and people are recognizing that this is maybe not the best idea, but something that we can work with and develop, Um, whether that's about a project or about a process or whatever you're leading. um, People then start listening to you you develop that influence and you know that you're successful when you have the courage at that point to be offering ideas over and over and over again, even if the idea is not a successful idea. It's not about continuous success in your ideas. It's about developing or generating energy and raising a level of necessity for people to understand what you're going to do or what we should be doing. And then there's a conversation, a little bit of a deliberation. You let people go out and do what they need to do to accomplish whatever the the mission might be. Um, And that's that's courageous in my opinion people are people are doing what they need to do you're allowing them to do it, what what they should be doing and once you've developed that kind of courage that comfort you uh, you're, uh <laughs> comfort's not really a good word i think I, I i don't think as a leader you're ever comfortable um at least i'm not but but at least you have the courage to to go out and to face the challenges right. with your team all the time so that, i think that's a an element of success there right right
0: excellent right
1: uh, tools, I'd say um, history, and you know, and uh, what's applied to Pasco most currently is best practice. So we don't have to um, invent anything new. Usually, you 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 know, others have had lots of ideas that you can draw from and learn from. Um, and something that you know was taught in school uh, very much was that. First, you learn the history, the context, before you engage, um, and then before you break rules. So, because if you don't know the rules, how are you going to break them? So, you don't have to be cutting edge to really make an impact, um, but you have to be curious and continue to learn and 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 learn from your surrounding. You know, um, read up on on best practice um, and be able to try to see how you can implement you know, those features. I think that's, you know, a tool that I always use all the time. <laughs> um, and then I think a barrier, let's see, a barrier to leadership, and maybe it's just um, getting people excited um, and maybe en- energized um, to, to put themselves out there. So you might you know as a leader put yourself out there but then also having others to to say hey creating that safe space um sometimes can be i think challenging um and having that honest conversation you know right or
2: or or even you know if that space, safe space is not available to you which sometimes we see it <laughs> um but to persevere through even the uh, the not so safe space
0: right well I and mean, you know you talked about being Ready, willing, and able to bring ideas to the table. And, you know, that requires an element of psychological safety. You know, Google's tested that, and that's the most powerful thing for great teams, right? Is the ability to have honest disagreement, discussion mm-hmm. around ideas and yet still move forward as a team, right? right. Psychological safety, the ability to do that. Um and again we're talking in a technical context, yeah. but that applies to the parks maintenance crew as well, oh, as yeah. much as it applies to us and, and or you are you on long range planning. So, right. so how do you continue to build those leadership skills and develop your own leadership skills?
2: Um, Reading, a lot of reading. Um, there's a lot of reading to be done in the profession. There's a lot of reading to be done in the work that you're doing. Uh, there's a lot of reading to be done in uh, – Understanding different leadership styles, um, so th- so I I would say like you you have to put yourself out, in the same way that you put yourself out there to tell people this is I think the way we need to be or the way we need to go. You need to also put yourself out there to understand that I'm I don't know everything like we were talking about earlier, and I need to go and understand different strategies, different approaches because life brings all sorts of things to you. Um, so continuing education is very important. I think um, the other thing that that's important to uh, contemplate what you read, not just simply read it, but then to take a step back and really ponder. You know, what are the implications to me? How, how would I go about doing this? Um, you know, can I use the word meditate a little bit on it, or 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 even pray about it in 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 some respects? Um, that's, uh, I think that's an important, uh, development quality that a leader advances themselves with. Yeah. It's, it's just to a certain extent, it's like we marinate
0: steak or chicken, right? You know, that Adam Grant talks about the, the positive aspects yeah. of procrastination, right? Right. It's not that you just wait till the end to do something. It's that you, you get it in your mind of what you need to do and what you need to accomplish, and then kind of just let your subconscious work on it over time. Correct. Right. Yeah, that's it, it, exactly
2: what what, uh, what needs to happen. Right.
0: Yeah. In fact, we were talking about it yesterday as, uh, you know, one of the test texts on the screen was uh, Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that phrase actually wasn't in his original text that came at the very end that he decided to add it because he'd been thinking about it. And then that came. So that catchphrase that we all know wasn't actually in the original text that he was going to, Deliver that day, so, yeah. so, so. What do you think?
1: Um, actually, just totally, you know, a three sixty from design. I think um, being a parent and having, you know, I have two kids, um, and they're very different, and so my approach has had to be very different with each one, and um, present myself in a way where they're at. So, um, for me, um, that's been a really um, eye opening experience mm-hmm. because um, they're different from myself as well. Right. So I'm not, I can't be projecting how I would tackle the situation right. say, all right, you learn different than I do. So I need to figure out how I can mold myself to support you and in, right. in that you know, challenge or, or what have you. So I think that's really made me a better person. Right. And as a result, really a better, I guess, team leader or something right. because I had to do that with my kids. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes we all we all i think i can, well can concur with that yeah <laughs> four and they are all different yeah i have different issues and they're all in their 20s now and, you know so um but yeah so so as you are looking around your teams and um you know as we go through this journey of a career how do you identify and raise other leaders um and again i'll, I'll preface it i think Every member of our organization is, in their own way, a leader and should be a leader in their own way. But how do you um, identify and build and, and and continue to groom the the future leaders of the organization?
1: I'd say, um, in terms of identifying, I always uh, think about like, what is your strength, right? And again, I think that comes from you know my older son. Um, he has so many strengths and he sometimes can get caught up on the weakness part. And so building him up to say, yes, we all have weaknesses. I have weaknesses too. I asked my boss to read my stuff. You know, I, I don't like writing or whatever. (laughs) So I think building someone up from, to focus on their strengths. And if this isn't a right fit for you, what is a right fit for you so you can be successful? Um, I think is the most important. And then you can work on your weakness you know, um, when you have th- that opportunity of being in an environment that you feel comfortable and good in, right. then you can work on your weakness. Right. So. Well,
0: and that's, in the data shows that, right? That you can, you make significantly more progress when you focus on your strengths than you do when you focus on your weaknesses. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I would echo Alexandra's uh, comments. Um, I think putting a Developing leaders, uh, you have to put them in the right mindset. I think to, to the point of finding their strengths, um, helping them to understand that you're a leader as it is. You, you, you know, you've sort of picked this journey. Um, no one's picking you. So putting them, putting them in the right mindset, letting them understand that okay, you're you're at this task anyway. You're going to be part of this, um, and then uh, encouraging them from that point. Um, identifying their strengths, like Alexandra was saying, and um, showing them that they can do it. They, they, can, they can actually achieve their goals. Um, they can actually influence their projects. They can actually um, lead a team to a conclusion. So once, they, once they're able to identify that themselves, um, then you start giving them uh, all the ammo they need to uh, to go out and and sort of complete their career goals, their their the goals that are provided for in their project. Um, so that I think that's that's one way to 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 go out and identify leaders. Um, I was gonna add one more thing, and my, my mind seems to have it's okay. Concentrated, <laughs> I, I concentrated so much on that one. I'm like. <laughs>
0: That's okay.
1: Identifying strengths um, and while giving them the structure. Right. Yes. Because unstructured sometimes um, makes it even more challenging. Right. So if you, it's an open-ended, too many choices, they don't know which one to choose. Again, lesson from being a mom. Right. I'm like, oh, right. but you have all these choices. It should be easier, but it's right. actually oh. much harder.
0: And, and they found that in marketing on store shelves. If you have too many choices, it's hard to make a decision than if you have just a few choices and it, comes much easier, which is interesting dynamic yeah. there. I, I
2: mean, it, that's an important aspect. I think that's kind of where I was going with it. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, limitations, aka weaknesses, uh, prevent people from becoming leaders. I think you play up their strengths, yes, but once you've identified the bounds within which you're operating, the those weaknesses or those limitations, this is where creativity occurs. A lot of people have this misunderstanding that you need a sandbox environment to be creative. Actually, to be creative, you need parameters. Um, And once you've identified what your parameters are in terms of how far you can push your envelopes, now you become creative. And creativity is a leadership activity. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, creativity, you know, I've heard courage, you know, kindness, forgiveness, um, you know, find all the rules and then break them. Uh, That's the title of a book, I think, that Gallup wrote. about. (laughs) Yeah. About first break all the rules. Yeah, about all the rules and myths of leadership and management and how they really, uh, it's actually a really, really good book that dives into a lot of data. It's Gallup, of course, is going to have a lot of data. So um, so, uh, kind of before we close, just any real quick tools or wisdom you'd like to share with the leaders kind of before we go into the lightning round? Not that I want
2: to scare you about the lightning Lightning round, uh but yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the key thing, especially in, in planning, since we're mm-hmm. planners, well, I'm a planner at least, um, is uh, be receptive. Listen to people. I think that's a, that's a common uh, thing that you hear a lot about, listening to people, be receptive. Communication is important. Um, part of that communication isn't, isn't simply what you, what you say back, but it's what your, your, your body language is and your posture especially in the, in the planning environment. Um, and then also, you know, I, I always tell people don't hold a grudge. You know, whatever the circumstance might be, never hold a grudge. It's toxic. It will ruin a lot of um, aspects, whether your, your project, whether you're talking about your project, whether you're talking about your business, whether you're talking about um, just, you know, personal relationships. Holding a grudge is, is is very toxic. And I say don't do it no matter what. People have things to offer you, and there's a lot of value in every individual. And it's a it's a fine thing to waste if you're going to hold a grudge against someone. Right. Right. Excellent.
1: And I think that grudge part is, you know, um, I'll piggyback on it in terms of just being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the best way to go because if you're not honest, someone – They're not a mind reader. Right. And so then that resentment or, you know, toxic feeling will grow. So if you're honest in a constructive way, Mm -hmm. right, um, then you create the trust needed to build, you know, on your career, your, you know, your personal life and things like that. So honesty. Honesty,
0: (laughs) trust, you know, all underlined with courage, right? Uh, Because nobody's going to step out there without the courage, which is not. You know, the absence of fear but it's the mm-hmm. willingness to go on in spite of the fear right you know so well thanks for being here i got some special qu- well, part of this is about you know letting the audience kind of get a better feel for who you are okay. and everything
1: i feel uh, like i need a buzzer
0: no 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 we're good so <laughs> these are quick so
1: <laughs>
0: and, and you know i've kind of settled on a few that are kind of standard but uh we'll jump around a little bit so the office or parks and rec the office. The office? Oh uh, Michael Scott. Hands Michael down. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down. Yeah. Um uh, dawn or dusk?
2: Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. I dawn. like that I like that quiet beginning. Right. It's like an it's literally an awakening of sorts. Right. right. It, is, <laughs> it
0: is. It is. All right. Um a place you uh want to travel, most want to travel next. Or, or soon. Wow. Kind of like that bucket list place. Yeah.
2: I think there's two on my bucket list that I want. um, Austria. Okay. I've always wanted to go to Austria and I've always uh, wanted to go to Japan. Okay. Yeah. I've heard it's very beautiful in Japan. I've seen pictures, but it's uh, otherworldly over there. So it's a nice place to put on my bucket list. Yeah.
0: You've picked two places where I've been in the airport, but not outside the airport. Yeah. So uh, Okinawa, I don't really, that's really the Japanese don't necessarily consider Okinawa part of Japan even though it is part of it's part of the the nation so
1: i'd say well since i was little egypt okay. um and then most recently portugal
0: okay interesting yeah <laughs> all right uh, what's your favorite season
1: fall
2: fall yeah, I would say fall with the caveat that it has to be Chicago. <laughs> the, 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 uh, have
0: to see the leaves, the yes, crisp evening air. The, the,
2: the fall fall in Chicago is absolutely beautiful. Right. Winter is not. And <laughs> spring is not. But fall is.
1: I have to say, I mean, I love fall. But my first... Um, Spring in Pittsburgh. I moved from Pittsburgh, um or to Pittsburgh from Miami. And um, uh, it was breathtaking. Right. Because you never experience all the seasons in Miami. Right. Um, and so just to see everything come back was really amazing. It was so exciting.
0: Right. Okay. Um
2: I'll do a couple more. a uh, favorite movie. Ooh, favorite movie. So have you ever have you ever seen Sharp's Rifles? I don't think I have. And the Sharps series, the BBC series. Okay. But uh, Sharps Rifles (laughs) is my favorite. All right. Hands down. Okay. Oh gosh,
1: I hate these favorite. I never. I'm terrible with best favorite. Oh, it's gonna sound really cheap. I don't even know. Oh, I'm gonna say when Harry met Sally. (laughs) Okay. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My go-to.
0: Your (laughs) go-to. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, I think with that, we'll, <laughs> we'll wrap it up. You know, I really appreciate y'all being here today. Uh, it was great to have you both and not necessarily with a piece of paper in front of us talking about a project really more to talk about leadership. And I really like the way uh, kind of some of your career and design elements interact with leadership philosophies and, and how people can lead uh, with those things and think through those things. I really appreciate that. And hopefully as we wrap up, um, everybody's gotten enough of our product placement here on the <laughs> table. If not, here, here, here. I'll take one more uh, drink uh, to, to Florida Sports Coast. Um, and that's water, uh, by the way. Um, well, thank you for being here. It was great to have you both. Thank Bo. you, Dan. Um, and thanks to our media relations team who made this effort possible. They do a great job in and out all the time, every day. Uh, and so, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Pasco podcast. I'm Dan Biles and until the next one. For more information on Pasco County government, please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.